Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I'm so excited that you're here. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to make sure you have a heads up about an upcoming podcasting event. It's called PodFest Multimedia Expo. And full disclosure, my husband, the amazing Chris Kermitzos, is the guy, the founder, the leader, the guy who puts it on. It's amazing. I'm a little biased, of course. However, you should know that my bias comes with reason because I have seen my husband for the past 10 years build community in some way, shape, or form. And when we both fell in love with podcasting back in late 2013 and in early 2014, the Biz Women Rock podcast was born. Both of us took a very deep dive into this incredible, incredible platform, this incredible space of podcasting. Obviously, I have taken the route of being the podcaster with Biz Women Rock and now with the Women's Meditation Network. And he has found his own path as a community builder within the podcasting space. He does have his own podcast as well, but where he really thrives is within bringing together other incredible podcasters for the benefit of community building, idea sharing, education, and ultimately an incredible, mind-blowing live experience. And that is what you're going to get at PodFest Multimedia Expo. It's March 6th through 8th in Orlando, Florida, 2020. And I'm going to go ahead and put the link here in the show notes for you. I would love for you to join me. There is no other podcasting event like it. I'm really looking forward to seeing you there. If you are currently a podcaster, you're thinking about starting a podcast, or you just want to be connected to a bunch of other really cool people who are content creators, you've got to join me. Podfestexpo.com. Go get your tickets today. When Chrissy Wyrot sets her mind to something, she does it and does it big. As a young woman, she knew that she wanted to work for the NFL. And sure enough, she ended up doing the social media marketing for the Detroit Lions, a super sweet gig where she was able to be on the forefront of big brands being on social media back in the day. So, of course, she learned a lot. She took that education and transferred it into building her own business because a few years later, she had two kids, a brand new baby, And that's when she decided to start her own business because her family needed more income. She had always been a good writer. So she paired that with all the social media expertise that she had learned throughout those years with the Detroit Lions and started her own business being a LinkedIn marketing expert. During our conversation, Chrissy talks about why she decided to niche down her skills to offer only LinkedIn marketing services, how she managed a complete rebrand when she realized how she wanted to niche. She shares how her LinkedIn marketing business got legs by being live and in-person networking around her local community. She discusses how she manages the, what I call, the feast or famine cycle that most service providers go through. By the way, that is the process that happens when you go out networking, getting a lot of clients in the doors, but then become so busy servicing those clients that your pipeline goes dry because you're not out networking. I call that the feast or famine cycle. So she talks very openly and candidly about how she manages that. She also talks about how she's evolving her business as she becomes a teacher of what she knows. And she discusses the power of owning her own philosophy in the LinkedIn space and why that really sets her apart. So let's get started with our conversation with Chrissy. Chrissy, what's going on, girl? So happy you're here. I'm so excited to be here with you. Okay, I have to know the question that came up and that was most intriguing to me 
when you and I started chatting about coming on the show was that you used to work for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> totally did. And now you help people with LinkedIn. That mm-hmm. seems like two very, very different sets, but perhaps not. So first off, how did you get that job and what did you do for the Detroit Lions? Okay. So first, this story just flashed into my head. So when I was in high school, I was in a writing class and I was told to write what I wanted to do. And I had to job shadow someone. And at the time, I loved baseball. And so I did my thing and reached out to the Detroit Tigers, ended up getting a tour of the stadium. And so I wrote this whole thing about wanting to work in public relations in baseball. And my teacher at one point called me up to her desk and she said, you know, I just want to say this to you. If there's anyone that I could see succeeding and going where you want to go, it would be you. And it just totally stuck with me. I ended up working through that job shadowing. I ended up getting event staff job with the Tigers. So I was working summers and I always wanted to work in sports. And so when I ended up, I went to Eastern Michigan University. I majored in public relations. My goal was PR in baseball. I ended up volunteering at the University of Michigan Sports Information Office and finding a love for the media relations. And I wanted an internship with the Lions. Now, this is a huge lesson to everybody about networking and how important it is, which does in fact relate to LinkedIn. But I ended up getting that internship with the Lions because I knew someone through my event staff work with the Tigers. So I had just made friends when I was there and he was in the broadcast department and he had switched over from the Tigers to the Lions and he put in the recommendation for me. Now, if you know anything about sports, there's like 7 million people who want to work in sports. Yeah. And the internships are highly sought after. It's all about who you know. And so that's how I got this internship. It ended up not being in PR. It ended up being in, at the time, new media. This was 2004. So this was technically digital media, but at the time it was new media. So I was the intern helping oversee the website and content. And at the time there was no social media. So that's what I did. And then in 2005, I was hired full-time to head the department, the person who had head the department the year before left. And so I got to be working with an NFL team when social media became a thing. And I quickly found out that I absolutely love social media and I'm pretty good at it. What kind of things were you able to play around with in those early days? of getting the sports team onto social media because what you got there is a budget (laughs) and you've got people who want to have their brand out there. So I would imagine it gave you a lot of stuff to play around with. Like what fun things did you get to do early on in branding on social media for the Lions that were just really fun and exciting and at least at the time, new? Yeah. Well, the cool thing was that the NFL, a multi-billion dollar company, quickly realized that they needed to be on social media And I mean, when you, for the NFL, when you look at teams, every team is really its own entity with different philosophies and different budgets and things like that. So the NFL, though, was guiding the ship saying, you all have to be on social media. And so I got to be the point person and I would travel to LA and do the development meetings to figure out what were all the teams going to do with social. And I was the point person. So I really learned a lot and was able to, you know, work 
as like being the point person for the NFL team. Like I am the point person. I was the voice of the lions on Twitter. I was, you know, I got to play around with, I guess the big thing for me is, and this is what I love about social in general is the ability to see if something sinks or swims and then just try again if it doesn't. So you get to play around with that human behavior piece. Like what are our fans going to respond to? What are they not going to respond to? And the thing I miss the most about working with the Lions is the fact that it felt like the second you put out a tweet, there were like thousands of people just waiting to hit retweet. Because it would just blow up. And that feeling you don't really get... (laughs) It's a little different from the small business perspective. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So that was really exciting and really fun for you. Mm -hmm. And it sounded to me, in accordance to what your teacher told you all those years ago, that you were somebody who, if you put your mind to it, you were going. Like, no question. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. This is going to happen. And while the exact steps maybe you didn't have laid out, but you you knew the direction. You knew, hey, this is kind of like at least the end goal for right now. This is where I want to go. So it sounds like you've always been really good at being able to get really clear about what you want and always very courageous about taking steps towards it. So where in this did you start saying, I want to be on LinkedIn and I want to be an expert there and I want to have my own business doing that? Like, Where did that start creeping in? So that's one of the things where the lesson to everybody is you don't necessarily always know what you want to do. And sometimes you do need feedback from others. So basically, I recognize, I mean, if you're if you work in sports, unless you are an executive, you're not making a lot of money. I'll just give you that little, you know, tidbit there. (laughs) So it became, I needed to move on. So I decided I was going to start my own business, which is hilarious, right? So I'm just going to do that. And that's the kind of person I am. I just did it. So I ended up partnering with a former player for a year, doing some PR work, and then that contract ended. And so then it was, okay, what am I going to do now? And what ultimately turned into LinkedIn is that I was looking at my primary skills and trying to figure out what that would turn into because Mm -hmm. there were some circumstances where I ended up with nothing and I needed to make some money. Yep. I had a brand new baby at the time. So I have three little kids, a brand new baby, and we needed the income. So I kind of, I don't know if a lot of people did this, but I kind of built it backwards from a business standpoint. It was like, first I'm going to do the work and make some money. And then the business started to form around that. So my number one skill has always been writing. And the other of my primary skills is human behavior. Mm. I've always loved human behavior. I've always loved psychology. And that really ties in with marketing and content because you recognize how people are going to respond to things and it helps with strategy. So I started doing freelance writing, anything I could do to make money. And then what I started to find was everybody wanted their LinkedIn profiles written. And when I worked with the Lions, I did a lot of ghostwriting. So I would interview players and I ended up getting to the point where I was interviewing players on camera. I developed my interview skills over time, scary as hell when I first started. And then it just got to where I can interview anybody, anytime, anywhere. I have no problem with it. And so I would interview people, get their stories. And then I had this ability to turn that story into their own LinkedIn profile in their voice. And Katie, I fought LinkedIn. I was like, ah, I want to I wanna be the Olivia Pope of marketing. I still do, by the way. <laughs> But here's the problem is that there's a combination when you do a business, number one, it has to be specific enough that people pay attention. 
And number two, people have to want what you're giving. And the demand was so high around LinkedIn and it so fit my skill set. And everybody and their mother was telling me to do it that I finally took that scary step of saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Because it's scary to pick one thing. I was just going to ask you about that. Like that had to feel, especially at the relative beginning of this journey where you're still, you know, trying to find regularity in income, regularity of clientele, regularity of, you know, your offering. That had to feel very scary to go from something so big, like I'll do any sort of copywriting you can ask of me (laughs) and just, just pay me. That's all good. I can do it. Just tell me what it is to really saying, okay, a certain percentage, I would imagine it's a good percentage, but that's, it's not a hundred percent. Like a good percentage of people are asking me for LinkedIn profiles. I can do it. I can do it well. And now I'm going to say no to everything else. Yeah. It's interesting. So technically, and I just rebranded to eLink Consulting. So it's not just my name, which is good. So I just did that April of 2018. And I've been doing LinkedIn for much longer. But this was when I really started. It was funny because we both know Maggie Patterson. And I was actually in her mastermind at the time. And I had all these clients and all this work I was doing. And my my hot seat, she does these hot seats where you ask a question and then you all leave the or you leave the room and then everybody else figures out the answer to your question and then you come back in and they tell you what you're going to do. Interesting. And so I was asking, you know, what is the clear direction of my business? So I was doing full scope marketing and social media. And so they first start by asking me all these questions and then I leave the room and I come back in. I've never really been a fan of Survivor. I didn't really watch Survivor, but I refer to this as I got voted off the island. (laughs) They're like, no, your idea is gone. Yeah, I came in and they just go, okay, so how many people in this room know nothing about LinkedIn? And everybody raised their hand. And she goes, okay, how many people in this room think Chrissy needs to do LinkedIn as her business? And everybody raised their hand. I was like, okay, fine, I get it. And from that point on, because as we talked about before, when I do something, that's it. And I went with it. And it's amazing how quickly it succeeded because that's what everybody wanted. I was just a little nervous to take that step. As you were brave enough to say, okay, I'm cutting out everything else. And now I'm going to go forward with this. Talk a little bit about what you did to take advantage of that. Meaning, what did you do in your marketing to make sure like the world knew doors are open, this is what I do. What sort of marketing strategy did you lead with in officially saying, this is who I am, this is what I do, and this is how I can help? It actually began with a local component. I don't know how often you're on LinkedIn, but there's a movement that started called LinkedIn Local. And within the last, I think, five months, LinkedIn officially took rights to it because it was a user-created thing. It started in Australia, actually, (laughs) by a girl out there. And so LinkedIn Local is... It's essentially networking events, but it's LinkedIn-centered and it's meeting the people behind the profiles. And so I recognized I need to do something here in my local area that shows people what I do. And then for me, my marketing and a lot of people's marketing, I tell people LinkedIn is very much a lifestyle marketing platform right now, was to show people on LinkedIn, hey, look, I'm in real life being a LinkedIn person. That was like part of my marketing because, oh, well, you're legit if you're out and about doing the LinkedIn stuff. And then we get to see that through LinkedIn. So I started going to LinkedIn local Detroit events 
and met a lot of people locally and officially told people I do LinkedIn marketing. And through that process, it just became a credibility type thing. Mm. And so when I'm out and I'm outside of my own house doing things and showing that I am focused on it, it, it was a marketing ploy. And so people started to see that I was actually invested in it. And then on top of that, people who I were meeting in quote unquote real life were then becoming a fan of mine on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn works now how Facebook used to work when it had organic traffic is that the more people that engage with your posts, the more visibility you get. And Mm -hmm. so these people who I was meeting in person, who I was now starting to like and build relationships with, when I would go and post something on LinkedIn, they would all get excited about it and talk to me. And that created reach locally. Right. And online, I also made sure that I shifted my focus to local. I have a client right now in the UK. I have a client in Virginia Beach. I have, you know, I'm in Michigan, by the way. But what's really helpful, and when anybody's doing reach outs on LinkedIn, this is helpful to do it locally because people are more likely to accept and they're more likely to see you as not just trying to suck business out of them. So I just focus on reaching out to people locally. And both of those two components have really helped my business. So is it still, we're fast forwarding a little bit here from that time, but is it still in this moment, the offering of you writing LinkedIn profiles or has it now shifted into, no, I actually teach you LinkedIn marketing. I I am somebody who teaches you how to use LinkedIn and do it so that it benefits your business or a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Um, My core offering and what I love to do is help people It's like I help them do it themselves in that I will always state that your voice needs to be in your LinkedIn profile, your LinkedIn marketing, meaning I will not take your profile and say, okay, cool, bye, enjoy. I'm going to post your stuff and post for you because it doesn't work. Right. So what I actually do, and this is where we tie in all of my Detroit Lions skills, actually, when I do ongoing marketing with people, I interview them each month. And we talk about things that are relevant to their business, that are relevant to them, that we've decided ahead of time because I do marketing strategies for LinkedIn, what we're going to talk about on the platform. And I take that interview, I transcribe it, and then I put posts together in their voice about things that are relevant to them. And we roll those posts out. And then I basically am able to tell them, hey, this post is blowing up or make sure you get on there and comment. So I'm saving them a lot of time. I'm giving them a clear direction, but they're still involved. And it's really important that that is the case. Right. So you are working very closely with all of your clients. How are you making sure this... I'm kind of asking this because there are so many women listening who are service providers. Mm -hmm. They are doing the work for their clients, right? Which is amazing. It's a gift of theirs, just like it's a gift of yours. And there's this thing that I have identified as feast or famine for a lot of service providers. Mm -hmm. Go out, in your case, you network locally or you're networking on LinkedIn or a little bit of both. You're out there networking and getting, getting, getting clients, right? You're receiving all these clients. They're going through the onboarding process with you. You're starting to service them, but because you're so busy servicing them, you're not out networking anymore, right? So how do you manage that? Oh my gosh, can I first say amen? (laughs) Every service provider. Everyone. And it's infuriating because I've been in seasons where I've done a little bit of this, but like, you know it at the time too, but it starts to snowball really fast. 
But most infuriating is when you see it in friends that are service providers where they're like, yeah, I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm super busy. And then we're like, we're not seeing you around anywhere. Where are you? I'm really busy working on client stuff. We're like, you need to keep showing up so that you keep having inflow of client work. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's there's a whole conversation behind the scenes there of like what's happening to give a really good quality, but somewhat automated onboarding experience and being able to manage your time with each client, all that sort of stuff. We won't go there. But how are you managing that? Because you are a service provider and especially because you are looking a lot of your folks in the eyes as you're out networking, as they're getting referrals from their friend from down the street. Like, How are you managing staying out of that feast and famine cycle? Uh, Working on it. So a few things. There's things that I have finally worked through that I think are good offerings that I'm working on generating visibility around. The first thing though, I love teaching. It is a passion of mine. I love teaching. And so I've actually started to do talks at networking events myself where people are asking me to come teach them about LinkedIn. I've received a lot of interest to come to businesses and do you know half-day workshops. And that's where I'm really excited to move next is to really start doing a lot of workshops where I don't have to actually sit down at my computer <laughs> and do work, but I can just go and teach and then have fun and engage. Because as you can probably tell, I'm a massive extrovert. So I enjoy being around people. So it's nice to be able to go into businesses and have that arm and also to balance a little bit the client work. But also I've started rolling out what will hopefully be regular virtual sessions to teach people how to do their own profile. So it's called LinkedIn Office Hours. And so I did this whole worksheet that people can do pre-work ahead of time. And then we talk on the computer for an hour over Zoom. And what was interesting about that is, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I had to unpack my own brain because you just do things automatically in your expertise and you don't really recognize what your process is because you just do it. And so for this office hours thing, I actually had to sit back and go, okay, what thought process do I go through when I help people by writing their profile for them? And so I came up with the workbook for it and I was really, really proud of it because I'm not the only person that can write a LinkedIn profile. Right. Help other people do it. So it's kind of that middle ground between me doing it for somebody and then teaching. I don't want to do like a course type thing. That's not really my thing, but I love teaching. So the idea that I can get on a video call with people and we can go back and forth about what should their headline be? What should their focus be? What is their target audience? And how should they put that in there? That kind of a thing. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that. I love it. Keeping in line with your ability and awareness to keep your eye on what it is you want. Even sometimes when you don't know it's what you want, but you'll end up figuring it out along the way. How do you continue to keep clear about what it is you want or where it is you want to go? What tools, what resources, what experiences do you make sure to utilize in your life so that you're not getting overwhelmed with just the day-to-day or kind of like staying in the motion of doing the work? So I do work with Maggie and seriously, she's been a lifesaver because, you know, I'm a lifelong advocate of working on self. And so I, I go through a lot of trying to figure out my own direction and not listening to too much noise because I seriously go through back and forth on a regular basis of, do I want the four hour work week or do I want a high powered corporation? Yeah. You know, like I'm not even sure. 
So she really helps me. She's helped me, especially recently, understand that one of my business values has to be that I get to yoga three times a week. And, and that's a my, business value. Yes. 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 And one of my business values is that I can pick my kids up from school and take them to dance. So those are the kind of balancing things is that my business doesn't have to look like anybody else's and it doesn't make me any less legitimate because it looks like mine. And so that's something that I'm constantly working on. It's been, you know, owning your own business is as much a personal development thing as it is a professional development thing. It's a very vulnerable experience. And Maggie's phenomenal. Maggie Patterson, if you listening have not heard about her, go check her out. She's, I'll put a link to her website in the show notes. She's amazing. She has had podcasts in the past. That's how we know each other. She and I met, I think as soon as I launched Biz Women Rock almost six years ago, she is a business strategist. She does mastermind. She is so passionate about helping really smart entrepreneurs and she's so good at it. So she uh, is because she's done it. You know, that's, that's important, you know, because she's been there. So you surround yourself by other people who can help sort of hold a mirror up for you, who can help do the personal development work and are constantly making sure that you're being introspective and doing those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm a very passionate person. So for me, I just want to continue to be exhilarated by what I'm doing and helping people. So that, that teaching factor is so important for me. And so with each Next step, because it's been since I fully focused on LinkedIn, it's only been April of 2018 since I took that official step. So it's been a lot of iterating and what do people want? And then going through that first batch of clients to be like, how did that go? And what should change? And so that whole process has finally been going on for you know over a year. And so it's been really great to continue to evolve things and build things. And I just, with the rebrand, you have to do your new logo and you have to do your new website, which I did myself and all of that. So it's just, it's really fun though, to be able to have time under your belt and be able to say, ha, I put in the time and now I'm starting to reap the benefit of having gone through that first batch of people and gotten the feedback and learned what works and, and all that. Yeah. Uh, that's so true. I want to honor and identify the fact that like you're in the thick of that growth of like those first couple of phases of really putting something out there saying, this is what I know to be true now. This is where I know that I am and how I can best help. And you're putting it out there and going through those iterations and going through that evolution. And that takes a lot of courage to do because we can often get tripped up when things don't go perfectly the first time around. And we learn as we go every round, every new client we're learning from, every new experience that we have, every new book that we read, a course that we take, you know, mastermind experience that we have is going to teach us a little bit more about who we are in this process and what it is we really want. So yeah, that it's like where you are in your phase of business is so powerful because so many, so many of us are there or have been there recently. And so we know like just just keep moving, keep moving. And this is when it tends to... Sometimes it can feel really heavy. But when you keep your... That's why I wanted to ask about where you and how you keep your eyes sort of clear ahead. Because if you don't, this muck, this like in itness, can really be heavy sometimes. Yeah. One of the... I mean, I'm really learning sales cycle in my business too. And that's something that I have on my own site is that you know I work with clients. You need to ha- know your own sales cycle. But the big thing is this process of starting to own my own perspective as to what I think LinkedIn should be. So 
when you first start to in a new area and everybody has their own viewpoint of how to manage LinkedIn. And that's one of the interesting things. I don't know if you know Kate all, but she has simple pin media. She does a, it's a Pinterest marketing agency. And one interesting thing that she told me is that when you look at Pinterest managers or Pinterest influencers, everybody kind of thinks the same way. You don't get a lot of variation as to how to succeed on Pinterest with LinkedIn. Oh Lord, it is all over the map. Um, And so what I've started to learn over time is that it is just as important that I own my philosophy for how to manage LinkedIn, because then I'm going to find the people that it fits. But also it just, it sets me apart from everybody else. I don't believe in automation. I believe in your own genuine voice being in your stuff. I believe that you can't just go out and get 25 leads. If anybody's telling you, I'll get you 25 leads in a minute they're probably lying. You know, it takes time to nurture people on the platform. And I also very much stress that it's an individual thing. Everybody that goes on LinkedIn, it's all about your business, your sales cycle, your service or your product. And what does that look like? I can't tell you exactly what it's going to look like on LinkedIn just from one conversation, you know, that sort of a thing. So just owning my own viewpoint has also been important. I love it. I love it. Really to bring all of this to a conclusion, where is it? that you really want to continue being out there. And I say this really in line with everything that you had just said, which is also the fact that you're a mother of three, you have a family, you are showing up as a teacher for this, like you see that evolution. Do you have kind of a point in mind on something that you really, a big milestone that you're like, yes, I really would love to to see this come to fruition? I want to get to a point where I am a known influencer on more of a general state, but I don't like, I mean, the term influencer is so fluffy, but basically I want to be doing regular speaking and regular teaching. And I want to have a well-sustained business where I don't have to worry about those dips. You know, I want to have everything where I know exactly the times of the year that are going to be slow. And so I compensate with X and I know when this happens and I'm going to compensate with Y. I want to have it where this is my business. I know what it looks like. I know the structure and have it all down to where it's not a constant, you know, the early stages where you're trying to fly by the seat of your pants. So I want to have that nice stability and the ability to go, okay, I think I'm going to dabble in this and see what that experiment takes me. Like that nice first layer that then you go higher and you start to experiment with different things. Does that make sense? Yes. And I love you giving voice to that because I feel like that is, whether we're conscious of it or not, that's a big milestone that most businesswomen have. And what I encourage you listening to hear me say, and we'll reflect this back to you, Chrissy, is that you're so much closer. I, I would not consider you in the new stages, like the newbie stages. Like you really like on your way there. And the great part about it is, I always tell my clients, like you're half a click to the right away. Like just a half a click to the right, you know, like there's just one little thing that needs to get adjusted there. And one little thing that needs to get adjusted there. And the great part is, is that all of those little adjustments accumulate to like, ooh, like flow is happening. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's the journey that we're all on, right? Like just continuing to do little mini half clicks, little mini half clicks, little mini half clicks bringing in business that we need to bring in, looking at the the markers, the details, the things that our clients are telling us, they're not telling us, and just another little half click to the right. So you're not as far away from that milestone as you think to you listening and to you, Chrissy. It's been such a pleasure hearing about your journey, 
such value in what you're doing and such value here about you really listening to what people were really asking for and being able to step into all of that and doing that really, really well. Thank you so much for sharing here with us today. Thank you for having me. 